This morning's scripture will be read responsibly. It is Psalm 34, and it is the psalm from which this week's hero verse was taken. As you may be able to tell, it was a superhero theme. And our hero verse was, Do good, seek peace, and go after it which got yelled very, very loudly in this place, so I will try not to hurt your ears. But let us join responsively in this psalm. I will bless the Lord at all times. God's praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt God's name together. I sought the Lord who answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Look to God and be radiant, so your faces shall never be ashamed. The poor cried out, and the Lord heard and saved them out of all their troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear God and delivers them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy are those who take refuge in God. O oh, fear the Lord, you his holy ones, for those who fear God have no want. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O oh children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Which of you desires life and covets many days to enjoy good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. The ears of the Lord hear their cry. The face of the Lord is against evildoers to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them. The Lord keeps all their bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in God will be condemned. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My name is Shelley Rack, and I was the co-director this year of Vacation Bible Camp. Um, as you know, Karen Berry uh, is our, my, uh, well, she's, I'm maybe her right-hand man. Um, she really runs and does so much throughout the year for this, and as I think many of you know, her mother passed away last week, so she wasn't able to spend the week with us. So um, I just want to give a, a brief thank you to all of those who really stepped up and took on a very, very large role this week, larger than we've ever had to before. Um, it was hard carrying on without Karen, but I, I, I think... I think we managed, probably not as, as um, gracefully, but we got, we got through it. So we're looking forward to Karen returning and celebrating with her. Um, I realized this week that children have a big advantage over the rest of us. 
I was reading through these stories before Vacation Bible Camp started, and I have to tell you, I was a little frustrated with Cokesbury for choosing the stories they chose. They chose Samuel anointing David as king. I thought, what are kids going to know about anointing kings, um, these, these men running around doing conquests, etc.? Um, I've heard lots of stories about David as an, as, since I've been an adult that have not always impressed me. And I thought, what was Cokesbury thinking? The second lesson was about Abigail, who betrayed her husband and fed David's army, who had threatened to kill all of Nabal's men. And I'm like, <laughs> not a very Christian story. Then we get to David, or I'm sorry, we get to Jesus in the temple and how he stayed behind, worried his parents. Um, and he could say to them, I was in my father's house. I can't believe you didn't know that. And in my mind as a parent, I always thought that was kind of a flippant response. Um, we get to the Beatitudes, another very confusing story for children. Blessed are the meek, for um, they will inherit the earth. What is that supposed to mean? And then lastly, Pentecost, where a bunch of grown men are hiding in a room, and then a big wind comes, and there's flames. And I'm thinking, what in the world? What in the world was Cokesbury thinking? And how are we going to bring this down to the level that children are going to understand? Well, guess what? The children got it. The children got it a lot better than we did as adults. And only by looking at these stories through the eyes of children did I realize the power of the scriptures and the power of the lessons um, that God tries to tell us through sometimes these very enigmatic stories. So um, I wanted now put them more into the, the, I guess, the framework that I learned them through teaching them to children. And um, so the first one, we talked about David being anointed by Samuel. So Saul was not a very good king, and God realized that we were going to need somebody better to lead. So Jesse, Samuel calls Jesse and says, bring me your sons. So he brings all his wonderful sons and one by one, Samuel talks to them and measures their goodness. And he says, I don't know what you're thinking, God, but I don't really see anyone amongst, amongst these fat, fine men that would be a very good king. And he says to Jesse, I, I thought you had one more. And he said, oh, that's little David. He's still a kid. I left him back behind tending the sheep. And Samuel, in his wisdom, says, go get this David. So David is a little boy, but David is pure of heart. And we know that heroes have heart. Shazam! So you have to excuse me, i got to get a few of these in here, okay? Um, so Samuel has David come, and he realizes what God has seen all along. That David, although a child, has a pure heart. What an amazing message to give to our kids and to the rest of us, that no matter what we've done, God knows what our heart is like. And believe me, David makes a lot of mistakes, as we're going to learn in the next story, but he's still pure of heart, and God still has faith in him. So the next story, um, David is traveling with his army, and he comes across um, some shepherds in the field, and they turned out to belong to this man named Nabal. Now, Nabal's not a very nice man, but while David's men are in the fields with the shepherds camping out, they have some camaraderie. They treat the shepherds very well. The shepherds uh, treat them well. And 
because they're, they're traveling, they're tired, they're hungry, they're thirsty, and it happens to be a feast day. So um, Nabal comes out to the fields to check on his shepherds and see all, all of David's men. And David says, blessed be your house. We, we come, we offer no harm, but would you consider sharing some of your food? Now, Nabal is a very rich, rich man, very selfish man, but a very rich man. And he says, why would I feed you? And David's like, because it's the right thing to do. And he's like, I, I really couldn't care less. So he goes home to prepare his own feast day to celebrate with his family. Well, the shepherds are really upset. They're like, this man has treated us well, and now our boss has just kind of spit in their face and said, I'm not going to feed you today. So they go back and they tell Abigail, who is Nabal's wife, and she is fearful because David has now said, you know what, we were good to you, but maybe we're not going to continue to be good to you if your boss is going to treat us like this. And so without Nabal knowing, she prepares a big feast, and she brings it out to the men, and she shares it with them, and David blesses her and tells her that what she has done, her kindness, has saved Nabal's men from any wickedness that David was planning to, any revenge David uh, had planned um, to serve upon the, soldiers, the shepherds. Um, so Abigail had a ton of courage, and we learned that heroes have courage. Shazam! So next we get to Jesus in the temple, and we talked to the kids. The first thing we said was, who's David's father? And a lot of them are pretty smart, and they said God, right? But we said, who's David's father? And some of them saw where we were going with it, and they said, Joseph. Joseph is David's father. Oh, 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 Jesus' father. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Joseph, I'm getting all my names confused here. Okay, so Joseph is Jesus' father, okay? So when it gets time, they're in, they're in Jerusalem for the Sabbath, um, for, for Passover, sorry, and they're heading home, and... Jesus doesn't go home with Joseph and Mary, although they think that he might be amongst their friends, so they're not too worried. They camp out that night. It's a long, it's a long trip. And they start talking to everybody around. Have you seen Jesus? I thought he was with you. I and we talked to the kids. It's like, it's kind of like when you go and you sit in a different pew that you're supposed to be in. You're, you're sitting with your friends, right? We need to know where you are at all times. And Joseph and Mary had no idea where he was, and they were very worried. So they ran back, they got back to Jerusalem, and they found David. They found Jesus. They found Jesus in the temple, preaching and learning and talking, sharing his wisdom and gaining more wisdom, because heroes have wisdom. Shazam! And he says something very strange to them. He said, I can't believe you thought I was lost. I was in my father's house all this time. And Mary ponders these things in her heart. So it's one of those first instances where Mary is kind of seeing um, that Jesus is a different kind of kid. And there is something very, very special about him. So our fourth story is the Beatitudes. And so Jesus has been praying and traveling, and we talked to the kids about, first of all, Calvin and Owen, they come out and they've got their t-shirts on backwards. You know, they're a little confused this morning. They got their capes on backwards, and the kids are, are what's going on? And they're doing what? 
they're walking backwards and they're bumping into stuff. And when we question them, Calvin's like, well, I found this mystery message that says, if I'm sad, I'm going to be happy. What's that supposed to mean? So we talked a lot to the kids about the fact that when we have hope, because heroes have hope, shazam, we can turn any bad situation into a good situation, not only for ourselves, but for others. And that whenever we're sad, it's an opportunity for God to enter our lives and show us all the good things about our life and all the good things that we can do for other people. So when we have trials and tribulations and troubles, we can take all of those things and turn them around for good. And that's what Jesus was trying to show us with the Beatitudes. And then lastly, we talked about the fact that heroes have power. Shazam! So here are, and this doesn't make a lot of sense, but you know, the men are huddled in a room. They're scared. They're all talking different languages. Nobody quite knows what's going on. And all of a sudden, there's this big wind. And then all of a sudden, there's flames on the top of their heads. And this was the power of God. And all of a sudden, even though they were all speaking different languages, they could understand each other. And we realize that we have so much in common, especially when we work together, that we have the power to share the good news. And this was the birth of our church. And it takes a lot of power to get something so special and so amazing off the ground. And so we learned that God gives us power to do the most amazing things, things that we never thought were possible. So if you tie all these things together, it goes right into our Bible verse of the week was do good, seek peace, and go after it. Very good. So like I said, <clears throat> it was definitely my privilege this week because it took five stories that I've never quite understood as an adult and brought them down and made them pure like the hearts of children with the understanding and wisdom that only children have. And I believe that is the real message of Vacation Bible Camp. We bring these kids into our sanctuary. We love them. We care for them. We teach them. And in return, they give us so much more. And for that, I truly praise God. Amen. Thank you, Shelley, uh, not only for your words this morning, but for all that you've done in the last weeks and months um, to make this a, a wonderful, wonderful week. Uh, I just wanted to share a few closing thoughts um, about this past week. When I think of Vacation Bible Camp, I think of one of the years I served as a VBC director in a previous church appointment and this particular year, I received a word from God a few days before the start of Vacation Bible Camp in my email inbox. I received daily email devotionals from the Henry Nouwen Society, drawn from the writings of the late Henry Nouwen, the Dutch Catholic priest and theologian, whose books have, have touched countless lives whose books on the spiritual life. 
And this one email made such a difference for me and has stayed with me ever since. He wrote, We belong to a generation that wants to see the results of our work. We want to be productive and see with our own eyes what we have made. But that is not always the way of God's kingdom. Often, our witness for God does not lead to tangible results. Jesus himself died as a failure on a cross. There was no success there to be proud of. Still, the fruitfulness of Jesus' life is beyond any human measure. As faithful witnesses of Jesus, we have to trust that our lives, too, will be fruitful, even though we may not see their fruit. The fruit of our lives may be visible only to those who live after us. What is important is how well we love. God will make our love fruitful, whether we see that fruitfulness or not. To me, that speaks to some of the value and the power of Vacation Bible Camp. And after this past week, I have lots of new Vacation Bible Camp memories, and I'll share just one of them with you. One of our shepherds shared this story with me of um, a connection between her and one of her campers. This particular little fellow was having kind of a difficult week. And as the days went along, she noticed that as they traveled from, um, from here to craft, to snack, to their various rotations, um, he would hold her hand. Not, not in the first day or two, but as the week went on, he would hold her hand for all of their traveling time from place to place. And he asked her lots and lots of questions. Here are a few of the questions. What was the exact date Jesus was born? What was the exact date Jesus died? What was the exact date Jesus rose from the dead? How did Jesus rise from the dead? Why did Jesus go to heaven? How did Jesus go to heaven? Imagine trying to answer those questions. And then on the last day, Friday, as we were wrapping up, as they were saying goodbye, she gave him a little hug. He made his way out the door. Ooh, sorry, sorry. And then came running back to give her a great big bear hug. That's what Vacation Bible Camp, I'm sorry, is, is all about. We may never know the ultimate impact of Vacation Bible Camp on our campers. But what I do know is that our entire VBC team loved well. Very well indeed. And I know, whether we see it or not, God will make the seeds of love 
that we all planted throughout the week bear much, much fruit. Thanks be to God. Amen.